hello, Matt Wensing. Hello, Peter Soom. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> fine. Fine. <laughs> I'm laughing because you asked me before we started recording, and I actually told you how yeah, I. Yeah, you gave me the the very un-American like four and a half minute answer to a question. <laughs> yeah. Because you're the first person to ask me today, because I live in Denmark, cold-hearted, <laughs> close down, <laughs> introverted country. <laughs> yeah, and then you this forgot Americans. <laughs> Americans might have one thing in common with the Danes, which is we don't actually mean to know how you're doing yeah. if we ask you. And the Danes just don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can go to a supermarket here, and they they might not even say the the you know the the number you have to pay they might just stare at you or not even look at you and just wait for you to just tap your card and then sometimes they'll be like you want a receipt <laughs> <laughs> because the the number's clearly displayed it's there why are you asking yeah what do you need, what do you need me for yeah yeah i'm not I'm, I'm, i don't want to imply that you can't read a number on a screen right <laughs> yeah yeah there might be a sub headline that's like Danish cashiers being replaced by robots yeah. <laughs> who don't, <we> don't talk. <laughs> Maybe they are robots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Except... I used to be one. I was nicer. Okay. So you don't have to follow the stereotype. No. Maybe it's actually a Copenhagen thing more than anything. Anywho. Anyway. Um, Want to give some updates? Yeah, let's do it. On... Uh... You're wearing a wrist pulse t-shirt. I am. It's my only one. <laughs> Any oh, updates? Yeah, it, it was, yeah. No, I'm not going this company. I'm no longer working there. Um, it's not even called that anymore. So, um, yeah, I can go first, I guess. Do it. Uh, yeah. So yesterday was kind of an exciting day for Summit. We uh, We haven't announced it yet, but we went live with a pretty major product update um and it was i mean i'll give you a little bit behind the scenes because we're on this podcast we went live a little sooner than we planned we were kind of in the middle of qa qc and checking like spot checking things and making sure everything on staging was like the way we want because we don't have we don't have automated front-end testing yet surprise surprise so we're like clicking around making sure things are working and then and then i like looked at the um the logs on Heroku, the activity log. And it was like, this branch was pushed live or pushed to production like 17 minutes ago. And I noticed that because I got an email from Century saying that like some database tape of column was missing. And I was like, uh, sounds like we might have some code that's <laughs> in production already Uh-oh. that maybe we weren't planning to. So I Did won't... Did the commit message give any hint of who might have push that oh, code we, or yeah we we know what happened but we're not going to name any names uh i'm <laughs> i'm going to do so we have a summit value uh, a team value which is blame process not outcomes so the process is bad basically it's too basically deploying to staging and deploying to production is way too similar at the moment um it's very 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 easy to accidentally uh push to production instead of staging and so what happened was we meant to do another update to staging. We ended up doing it to production. Good news is it was 95% ready for prime time after weeks of waiting on it to go live. So in some sense, it was just like 
okay, this, this baby's coming now. Early access. <laughs> saying, yeah, yeah, this is this is this is it. Back in beta. <laughs> yeah. So we so it went live and um we quickly pushed another couple of updates within, you know, 10, 15 minutes to fix the couple of bugs that we had found on staging in the last hour or so. And um there's still a couple things there that we want to improve. Uh there's like some cosmetic bug there's a cosmetic bug that i'm aware of that we're going to fix um but not like a showstopper so the good news is there were no more showstoppers it was just you know putting the finishing touches on the thing and then it just rolls off the assembly line and you're like okay we're going um so i ran a database migration and um did some other stuff and a sort of life fire exercise good bonding experience for the team fortunately we were all at our desks working on Slack. So it wasn't like something that happened, you know, at 1030 at night for one of us and we didn't have any all hands on deck. So, so that's live. And what it was, what it is, is um, when we went live, we changed the layout of the canvas such that instead of having like all the canvas controls in the left-hand side, including like zoom in, zoom out, center, and then create a new create a new event, delete an event. Instead of all those being the left-hand side, we moved all of them, but the create a new event button to the right-hand side. So you're like zoom in and zoom out and whatever's on the right-hand side. Now that's not the big change. That was the setting the stage. The actual change was now that we have this space in the left-hand side, we uh, actually, I won't bury the lead. Ryan, a non-developer, was able to use summit the product to add buttons to the left-hand side of the of the canvas and each of those buttons allows you to create an event without knowing any summit event language so we have one for like an employee we have one for a fundraise we have one for um, a marketing channel and so each of these buttons you can just click and then when you move your mouse over the canvas it, sh it sh has like a little preview like a little ghost like um transparent version of it you can see where you're going to place it you can see what it is and then you can click and it just places that on the canvas and you this was a huge breakthrough because it allows people to start building a model without even writing any any cell summit event language as we call it they can literally just click a button place it click a button place it um it's awesome. It's kind of like functions in a sense, Pre predefined um, functions, or yeah, I, mean, I guess or a so. Mini template, I, <laughs> event I, template. I think of them as I, I don't know if every IDE has snippets, but I think of them as like an IDE would have like a snippet for like hey, a Python. Yeah, exactly. Like you're going to use this class. So that's a good example. Yeah. It's a class. You you can change the name, but being able to just kind of hit you know, a certain button or keystroke combo in your IDE and have a, a new fleshed out class just appear and you didn't have to mm -hmm. write it. And you just kind of, you can tab through and change the name of the class and the nice. arguments, but you don't have to, yeah, but you don't have to. Um, can you change the underlying cell code? You still can, right? Okay. Yeah. But the, so the nice thing is this just um, puts one in there that works. And now all you have to do is tweak it and you know, this is, I'll, I'll use the rest of my update to talk about like what, what I just found so 
interesting about this journey to get here was, and we, we don't know if this is the answer yet. We've been trying to solve for activation for probably two months now, three months. And by solve for, I mean, lift it from, you know, right now, if you go bottoms up real quick, you know, we have almost perfect retention. We have expansion revenue. Uh, and we have a like a roughly 50% conversion rate from active users to paid. So like those are all really exciting numbers where we are where we have our chat. Therefore, <laughs> the real key then is, and I've as I've said in this podcast before, I feel pretty sure that if you pay enough money, you can get people to visit your website and try something. <laughs> so so I feel like in some sense, the outstanding, the remaining challenge we have is just getting new signups to become activated to the product and our initial hypothesis for activation was you know once somebody places an event and places another event and then clicks the little arrow and drags and connects them to each other and sees like the flow that will activate them like they'll they'll get it then you know they'll have like this light bulb moment so we tried to get people to do that and people did that but like they were still doing it wrong and it it just didn't work. The numbers didn't bear out. <laughs> and so the next guess we had was like, oh, well, you know what? It's too much to ask to ask you to build something from scratch. Let's do templates. And so we gave people templates. And still the number didn't change because even though they could click and get a template, like some people, I'd say it had like marginal help. Like it wasn't as daunting. But at the same time, you get into a big flesh out template and what happens? People freeze up. And they say, you know, they're like, ah, it's a little, people said it's a little daunting to see this big template that's all fleshed out already. And I don't know where to start and what to change and how to make it my own. So it's like, okay, it's not, templates did it do it either. And then we had this observation that, like, what does everybody typically do when they get into a product and they don't want to read and they don't want to do anything that you're trying to guide them to do? They basically just want to click stuff. They just start clicking everything available to them. Like they close your little product tour <laughs> they, and they just start clicking like every button on the screen just to see what it does. So we're like, well, what if we harnessed that, embraced that desire to click all the buttons and like gave them more buttons to click, but not like <laughs> yeah, the just give them a software way. To click. Yeah. And, and so they and, know. Never let them run out of buttons to click, <laughs> so they'll they'll keep in the product forever. <laughs> keep keep exploring, because what I think it is is I think it's a natural desire to learn by play. So if you can't understand something in the straightforward sense, you you just start to mess with it, and you know it's like a microwave that you've never seen before. Or whatever, somebody's just like, I'm just going to start pressing buttons until the darn thing turns on or does what I think it's supposed to do. So basically, like, yeah, why don't we give people buttons to click, but we don't want to do, we're not going to do bloated software and add a bunch of UI for UI's sake. So we said, wait a minute, you know, I was like staring at SimCity, which is like one of my favorite games of all time. And it has like that little thing in the left-hand side. And then obviously, a, a lot of Canvas programs, Whimsical, Illustrator, Photoshop, Figma less so, but somewhat Figma, at least not in my use of Figma. I'm not a power user. Um, but they all have these like toolbars with buttons and you can click them and you get a shape. So we're like, well, what could we create that just lets people kind of start making stuff in Summit? And we realized that if we took the same functions, underlying backend functions on our side of like the um, templates, 
but instead of like entire built out models and templates, we just had the templates be like a single event. <laughs> and then we had a button that basically said, copy that template into my model. We could actually create buttons that are these little atoms or these little building blocks for a model and give them really fun, recognizable icons that maybe it's not really immediately obvious what each of them does or is, but like, it's just fun to find out and kind of click and explore. And so that's the big bet. It's literally been live for all of, you know, 18 hours. So I don't know if it's going to work yet, but I do know that I'm having a lot more fun even using the product, just clicking these little shapes. And in terms of curiosity, my daughter was watching me, uh, use the product a little bit this weekend. She's a lot or one of our 11 year olds. We have twins, but she's like looking over my shoulder. She's like, what does the heart do? <laughs> like that was immediate. Like her brain saw the icon, saw the shape and she wanted to know, like, I want to click that and see what it does. And so I think that's just such a much more positive, um, approach or, or, you know, uh, emotion to latch onto that curiosity that like just fun, loving curiosity. So we'll see. And my hope, our hope is that, you know, they click this button, they place a thing and then immediately the output appears at the bottom. Like that's the loop. It's like, wait a minute. Like I'm building a financial model literally by just using my mouse and clicking and placing things on a, on a thing. Like this is, this is different. This is, this is fun. Yeah, so I have one question. Mm -hmm. What does the heart do? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually your, uh, that creates a customer's event. Oh, so nice. Customer, customer nice love. Yeah, <laughs> customer love. And so you, if you place that, it creates a pool of customers. But instead of having, instead of you having to learn to use a pool object, which you've never even heard of before to create a customer's yeah. thing, now you get to just click a heart place it on the thing it says customers and it just teaches you to associate oh okay like a group of customers is a pool i guess if i created another group of customers i'd also use a pool um so it's like learn by you see something new but it's wrapped in a lot of positive emotion it shows you some output that makes sense to you and then like you really it's a lot of sugar for a little bit of learning and then, you know, hopefully, and I, I'm very excited about the fact that I started with, but then kind of buried in a bunch of other ramblings. Ryan, who's non-technical created these buttons on the live site. How did he do that? So all he had to do was create models in the summit account, mark them as public and mark them as plugins and they appear there now the only thing nice. we've done is we've blessed the summit account to have like these super user permissions that whatever we create in the company account appears in the toolbar for everybody but you can see where this is going now where if i'm wp engine just pick a random example and like you could they could create an event called wordpress hosting and it's, it, it appears in a library or even, and you can add it to your toolbar if you want to. And you just place that event and it's their $24.99 hosting plan. Now just part of your model, right? So anybody yeah. in the world can create events that add value to other people's models. 
is the idea. Um, Dude, yeah. I, I think that's the metaverse. I think you need to start looking at NFTs for that. I've mis I've mislabeled the whole thing. <laughs> it's not a platform. You're it's a metaverse. Re recreating the world yeah. inside it. You know, we we joke now, but who knows? I mean, who knows? Um, who knows? Facebook started with like you know, poking a, a friend and saying, I, I like this picture or something <laughs> like that. So you never know where these things can go. But I'm very excited because I'm starting to now talk to partners, potential partners who have large sets of benchmark data, pricing data, compensation data, etc. And if you as a user of Summit can come in even to the free tool and like click command something, and search this library, you know, oh, I'm going to hire a senior JavaScript developer based in, you know, Minnesota, be able to just like see that out of a list and then place it and be like, oh, wow, this is the median salary or high, medium and low salary range for that person in that role in that place. Now you're building like with better assumptions and, you know, better building blocks, mm -hmm. right? So, um, starts to build a moat for us as well, because why would you want to go back to a spreadsheet where you don't have that information at your fingertips? You got to go look it up. It's just a pain. It's really cool. It's finally, it's finally a platform. <laughs> like we're the only publisher, but at least it's, it, it's, it, it makes sense and it's there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've, you've talked about this for a long time. Mm -hmm. as a thing that Summit could potentially do, and now it, it can, so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, very like, very much just the founder patting themselves on the backstage where it's like, I appreciate it, we appreciate it, but I did demo it for a potential partner recently, and it blew their minds too, in terms of like, they just started realizing all that they could publish to this, and then obviously add their name and their branding to it because you can include text and links and boxes and things to these little little things so you know the idea that you could put a revenue-based financing thing on there or a loan and it has a link underneath it that says you know click here for more information and it takes you to a place to go get that loan mm -hmm. they don't have a way of getting in your spreadsheets right now in a way that's helpful to you and beneficial to them right you're kind of doing that alone, you know, whatever. And then like, hopefully you see an ad basically for a thing that's relevant to you. Yeah. It's cool to think about like you could, I mean, I think that's part of maybe your long-term vision for Summit that eventually like you can build a model of something and then in different ways, depending on what that model is is doing, like you could, you could basically say, okay, let, let's actually do this. Let's make this real. <laughs> like that's, let's take this loan that let's hire this developer like that let's do these things because um it's hooked up to all these different systems so like now now we know what it's going to look like probably so let's click the button to actually <laughs> do it so you can imagine people who create these objects being able to define a endpoint right that when the person says execute or i want this you know, maybe it sends them an email, maybe it notifies them, maybe it sends them, you know, you agree to send them just enough information to start the process going. And that could even be internal, like the idea of having a hiring plan at a large company 
and defining all these roles and things and then saying, let's go execute that hiring plan. It could even just email a summary of that hiring plan to someone in HR and say, this This is is the plan that I'm, this is what we want to commit to. So I totally agree. It's like putting a plan that you've defined in Summit into action could have all kinds of, um, that execution step is really where it gets interesting. So, um, so yeah, big, big day yesterday, a little bit of a, of a fire drill, but we figured it out and yeah, if users want to try it out, they can. Nice. It's a bit of a chaos monkey move kind of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> sure, 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 sure. We'll call it that. <laughs> Yeah, it was on purpose, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was just, I was just testing us, team, everyone. <laughs> team Good building job. exercises, you said. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, maybe one other, like on the manager side, a little bit of manager maker in the first one, anyway. But I think we are getting to a place where we can start thinking about because, like, it's working. You know, we're getting new customers. Uh, starting to be a business i think we can start to think about improving our processes so things like that don't happen as often you know i'm spending more time in linear instead of slack when it comes to product ideas and issues and things like we're just starting to manage the thing um which feels really good you know if you do it too too soon you can over manage it but at the right time it, it does feel good to start to bring some some out of order to the chaos nice so so how are you <laughs> finally <laughs> no i'm uh i'm good i'm just i'm st- still stressed <laughs> as i've been for a long time i i really these days like i find it really hard to just sit down and think and figure things out and i think it's a combination of having a one-year-old that is was just sick and is teething and all this stuff and Mm. there is some uh, a lot of things going on about like potentially moving and just um there's some legal and admin stuff going on in the business as well that i'm trying to figure out that's kind of stressful and then Mm. there's also just that you know the business (laughs) itself yeah right starting a new thing and especially with, with the product hunt launch, we had a very clear goal for a few weeks and we mm. we executed and and it worked out really well. So that that felt like a clear win in a sense. Yeah. And same with the WP Pusher and Branch sale. So those were like very clean defined, cleanly defined goals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that I could execute on. So but then after the product hunt stuff it's it's kind of a thing of like okay so what what now and and that's fine but also because it went pretty well there's just a lot of noise and i think that's a good sign i think it means that there are a lot of people that are interested in reform right now and how how is that noise how is that noise manifesting yeah it's just more usage means more bugs and things to fix, but it's also a lot of feature requests and Got stuff it. like that. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of people saying nice things about the product, but it's also a lot of feature requests. And it's e- it's it's very easy to have a feeling that 
the product mm. isn't very good when you get a lot of people requesting features. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, but but the fact is for a lot of, for the rest of the people, it's it's really good. And a lot of people say really nice things about it. So uh, something that's been on my mind in the past few weeks is a kind of, are we, are we, because we, we have very limited bandwidth right now. So it's like, do we double down entirely on what's working? You know, the, the stuff that people say they really enjoy? Um, or do we, you know, try to build some of those features? I mean, obviously we're going to build some of them, but some of them are, some features are meant to make the product better for the people it's already good for. And some features are meant to bring in other people that can't use it right now. And... And I, I think the very short answer there right now to kind of like where I'm at right now is we don't need right now, we don't need to expand the market very much because it's we're already a little overwhelmed um, mm. with the whole product hunt thing. So I think we can just um, we can ride a wave of just making people more happy and more the same people instead of trying to um, expand the market right now and then. Then the other kind of big thread is is marketing. It's like okay, what? So if it if it's working for some people, we need to find more of those people and and keep telling the story that resonates with them. But it's this is all it's strategy, right? It's it's product strategy and it's uh, marketing and it's but so it requires a lot of thinking. <laughs> and mm -hmm. when you when you're constantly getting, you know, emails and you're have a, a little child and all these dis distractions <laughs> that are good mm -hmm. and bad distractions. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's just been really hard. And then I haven't, I haven't had much, um, I haven't had great sleep lately because, um, our son is teething and been sick and all this stuff. So it's just, it's just really been a struggle just to keep kind of like, um, the basic stuff going. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's it's getting better now, and um, it it's starting to become clear to me. Like the, so, the best we had a fun uh, back and forth in our mastermind the other day, uh, where we ended up talking about our personality types, and <laughs> I talked out some of the old <laughs> test results that I had gotten from sixteen personalities. Um, Bjorn and I did it uh, when when he joined uh, back then branch because I thought it was a good, just a good like. Yeah, conversation starter in a sense. Yeah. The funny thing was that he's basically the same person as my wife, <laughs> uh, which is kind of hilarious. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so, but but my personality type is like when I it, when I'm working through a problem, I I'm I must talk to people <laughs> all the time. Mm. So like that's why. That's why when you ask, how are you? And you're the first person to ask me today, I'll start talking about it because I need to process it. <laughs> I uncorked and, uh, the problem. Yes. Yeah. So, so I do that. I talk a lot. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll take, if I have something on my mind that I need to kind of think through, I'll, I'll take any opportunity <laughs> to talk to someone about it. Got it. Um, so last week I had, I think last week I had some really good conversations. We had a great a mastermind session that went on forever because we hadn't talked for almost a month, I think. Um, I also called some other friends um, and I just had um, some really, really productive conversations that really helped me see things more clearly. Um, one of them was Adam Wathen from Tailwind. 
because one of the things that I'm guy. struggling with right now is like the all the feature requests that are kind of um, giving me uh, <laughs> making my my stomach hurt a little bit right now is all related to people who want to embed a reform on their website, and it's it sort of feels like our, our Achilles heel right now, hmm. and and the thing there is is like in order for it to perfectly be embedded on someone's website, you kind of need to give them full control about how the form looks because otherwise it's not going to feel... But in, essentially, the the end goal for them is for the form to be kind of invisible or reform to be invisible. And, and what I kind of realized in those conversations and... You know, obviously, the reason you call someone like Adam is he's like he's known for sweating those kinds of details, and and he actually knows exactly what's involved um, to mm-hmm. achieve something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 end goal for people is for reform to be invisible, which is not very good for us necessarily. And the other thing is, is like what I realized is the best thing we can do, like the the ultimate best end result is that we don't suck at looking like their site. So it starts from a point of, oh, this does not look like my site at all. And then you keep tweaking it. And we add more and more features to like, let you tweak the font and let you tweak the the, the file inputs and the, the text inputs and the buttons and everything <laughs> until mm-hmm. finally it almost looks like your site. And that's kind of the best we can do. And I, I don't like that. I think I don't think that's uh, going to be a nice place for us to spend our time. Whereas mm-hmm. the people that love the product right now, they all they all talk about something that I I thought in the very beginning of reform was important, but then toned back because I didn't in my customer conversations I didn't hear anyone talk about it. But I'm seeing it in their behavior and its speed because as I I shared actually on uh, Starters for the rest of us the other day. I've never shared it in this podcast, I think, but the first version of Reform, the idea was a form builder based on Markdown. Mm. And the reason for that was just you just type, 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 and then you have a, a form. Like it's so easy. Yeah. Uh, if you know Markdown, obviously. And, and, but then when I talk to people, either they didn't care about Markdown or they didn't know about it or they didn't. They didn't think at least that they cared about speed so much. Mm-hmm. But hmm. um, and you asked me last time we recorded if I thought we had an activation problem. And I, I confidently said I don't think we do, because when people need the kind of form that we're good at making, the the feedback we get is like, I thought about a form um, you know, that accidentally was a great <laughs> uh use case for reform. And then it took like three minutes from sign up to being ready to receive my first form submission. And people get really pumped about that. And they send really nice emails. They DM me, they tweet about it. They ask if they could become an affiliate. They, they do all sorts of uh, good things <laughs> that mm-hmm. are beneficial. And, and that is speed. Like that is it. I had an idea for something and you didn't bother me with like difficult design decisions. I didn't have to browse through like 700 stock photo templates. I didn't have to ask someone what font we're using or what, you know, background color or try to make the background color uh, or the background image fit perfectly or anything. Like it just, 
it the product was simple enough that it I could get something up and running in minutes. Mm-hmm. And my gut feeling right now is that there is a huge market for people whose job it is to once in a while just ask someone a few questions and put together a form for it and send it out. <laughs> and I think reform can be the best tool at that. Um, and I also tweeted today something that you said during our mastermind last week where you said, it's almost like you want to compete with a, a Twitter poll. If I'm thinking about doing a Twitter poll, you almost want it to be easier to just to throw together a reform and better, obviously, because you can you get better data out of it. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of where I'm at in my head right now, but trying to figure out, okay, so what are we actually doubling down on? And, and what does it mean in terms of features? And, and, and who are we serving versus who are we not serving? And, and mm-hmm. where does it make sense to add features? Like when we add a feature, we need to think about, is this making the time to <laughs> form longer or shorter? So like if we ask people to pick a fund, it's it's making it longer because then they need to figure out if they want to use it. It's it's extra work, right? Um, whereas if we add an extra integration, it's not extra work because that's kind of taking away work from them. It's it makes it easier for them to integrate it into their existing workflows and get the data out where they need it or, mm. or whatever. So yeah, so that's that's kind of like how I'm thinking about like I'm very right now um, my main concern on the product side of things is like don't overcomplicate the product (laughs) people love it because it's so clean and simple right now and I think I think we can stay like this I think the product we have right now can get product market fit without Mm. um, building something completely different is basically I guess what I'm trying to say yeah but it's not strong enough right now but i think it we can get there just by uh, improving on that kind of what people already love about it because there's still so much stuff that we want to do that is going to make it much better but even just with what we have right now people say that they love it which is nice yeah i have a lot of thoughts but the top one is on the embedding side it i i i mean i support you full stop my thinking on the embedding part though is that i think if you're going to be a tool i think you actually have to let go of the quality of the finished product which at that point is the responsibility not of you but of the site builder right so if they want to use ugly background colors and terrible fonts and poor spacing and all of that, like that's not that's not your job. In fact, you're going to make lots of money and in fact a lot more money by kind of letting go of those strong opinions and what design should be and all these wonderful ideological things and just say, use and abuse this tool to fit your website however you want. And you don't have to go to extremes just yet to like support every possible thing. But I think embedding is such a common need that you also, you can't pull the plug on it and just say like, you can't embed a reform. Oh no, we're not going to pull the plug on it. So I guess what I'm wondering is, is there like a line that you could have where it's, it's good enough. Like nobody's going to be fired. They're going to show their boss that they chose reform for this page on their website. The website has a dark background 
they couldn't match it perfectly but at least it's this at least it's also gray <laughs> or dark and like it's serif and not sans serif or whatever like could you give yeah. them just a couple options to at least make it passable right yeah i think uh um, so you don't yeah there are some like micro things that i'm i'm thinking about that we could probably do and i think we could i think it's it's it almost becomes becomes a thing of like managing expectations mm-hmm. because when people want a contact form on their main website they and if they're Derek, like they want it to look like every other form on that site. So that's never going to be a reform. I think but the person you're, it, I think the person you're selling to is not a Derek per se. No, like I'm but thinking like about one, like, one thing. Oh. One thing people are using it for okay. is like when you sign up for an app, they show you a form as the first thing, like okay. an onboarding survey or like mm-hmm. some sort of like intake process. I think a reform can be really good at that. I think the challenge there is just making it easy to do. Just, I th- I think there are some tweaks we can do to embedding that doesn't give people full control of every design decision. Um. And 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 it, and it's what I'm kind of, I was brainstorming this with Adam, like because with Stripe checkout, for example, people don't expect to like embed it into their site and it looks like it's their site like yeah so i think yeah, like Der- teach people how to do it more like full screen or mm-hmm. as a pop-up or a modal or yeah maybe have some color uh different colors um, I, I mean even look at so i use the charge example a lot but there's a million of these you click a button it spawns a modal now i'm in that mode what does charge we let me do pick the colors of the buttons and headlines. Yeah. You know, and, and there I get to choose, I can pick a hex code to, so I can exact match it. That's it. I don't get to change the font. I don't change the background, whatever, but like just being able to add my color. And I feel like that is a part of your value promise is. Yeah. That is what we, what you can right now. Yeah. So you can change the color, but like the background color is a lot of real estate. It's not a modal. I, I, am reminded of like, yeah, we all love Derek. Not a lot of Derek's in the world. What there are a lot of, though, my kids uh, are in school. I fill out a lot of forms on a lot of school websites and 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 you know nonprofit websites and all the you know groups and whatever. These people do not have the time to care about design at all. Mostly, yeah, they're using Google Forms typically, maybe some other kind of form kit thing they found online, and literally the biggest thing they need is like maybe i have to choose between the dark one or the light one yeah and like and and, because you go to these websites and like nothing it's obvious it's all stitched together with iframes there's like things they've stolen from there's a calendar widget they got from this app there's a thing they got a thing from this app and then there's a form from and they're just frankensteining this thing together and like all you need to do is just not be so bad that they can't use you and you'll be okay right like and that's such a that's a much bigger market right is what i'm trying to say yeah i think there's a lot of things we can do there like my my the thing i feel strongly about is i don't want to ask them all of that up front and if we're ever going to have any of those features it's gonna be (laughs) it's gonna be buried a little bit and it's because i want 
but yeah, so I, I think I want to move slow enough that we can find some s simple solutions. Maybe, maybe that's naive, but that can give those people the same experience mm -hmm. as the ones that are happy now that is just, I'll, I'll much rather give them a way that they don't have to, like if there's a way they can embed it and it still looks okay without they have to, you know, I have to turn reform into Webflow. Yeah. <laughs> is my goal because, um, yeah. And also like, but, but, but yeah, that was my, that's the like strategic fundamental strategic decision I'm trying to figure out right now, because we're very constrained on resources right now. Mm -hmm. So what is easiest? Is it to try to build a new, th it's, it's kind of a new thing. If you want to do enough customizations that people can, can make it look like their website instead of just make it feel like it's it belongs to their brand, which is kind of what we promise right now. We don't have any promises that is going to fit perfectly into your website, but that's a different product. And I, what I'm wondering is just right now, I think we have something that a lot of people are already excited about and that there are a lot of people that need. And, and for a big group of people, like they can still embed it into their different mm -hmm. things as long as they there are some cases where it just doesn't look very good yeah but yeah I, i'm not i haven't made any final decisions on this right now like it's still something i'm 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 trying to figure out but i think the new so i think the nuance i'm trying to make a nuanced point and since we have synchronous audio here i'll give it a try what i wouldn't want so you mentioned the word strategy it's all about trade-offs I don't think this is the. I don't think this is either a. Hey, either we make the Derricks of the world capable of having this just blend beautifully, and if not, it's right. a shame on us, or yeah. we don't do it at all. Right? I think yeah. there's probably a middle ground where a much larger market of people is like, yeah, yeah, it's good enough, <laughs> and and yeah, then you can focus your energies on like the speed and the other stuff that you actually want to focus on. Right? Yeah. So you don't. Don't go down that path too far. Anyway, yeah, I mean, we talked about it yesterday in the in Slack as well in the Mastermind Slack, and and I think uh, I think Derek's suggestion was that the line in the sand is maybe just make the background transparent, and it it hurts my soul a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it might be true because it is actually what a lot of people ask for. You know, mm. it's like, can I make the background transparent? <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's 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 our little baby, you know. Yeah, I, I. So to, I feel like this is too similar to not mention it. Like one of the things we had to do with Summit to get to where we are is let go of so much of our own best practices or thoughts we had about what is correct and what people ought to do with the thing. And yeah, I'm not saying you. What it reminds me of, though, is where you just give the users choices that you personally struggle with. You're like, I wouldn't do that. But if you're willing to pay me for it and you find value in that, great. I'm just just a tool, you know. Wouldn't recommend using a screwdriver the way you're about to use it, but if, <laughs> who am I to judge, right? And just let We're people... going to make a, a background opacity slider and it charts more and more the more you slide it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I like, though, is that you could focus on if you accept, you know, a more garish 
like a more crude solution, then you can focus your finesse and energy on the speed and the use cases that, like you said, are way more differentiated and exciting. Um, yeah. 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 And I think, um, yeah, there might be some things we can do. I have a, a, a little list of ideas that we're going to play around with, but it's not going to be our main focus, but maybe it'll get us, maybe it's like an A20 kind of situation. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's good enough for now. But um, another thing is like, um, I don't remember exactly what I said on our last podcast, but it triggered uh, Corey Haynes to be nervous on my behalf. <laughs> uh, so uh, he was in my, we had, well, we had a good chat in uh, my Twitter DMs and, uh, and we're going to move it to swipe files, his community in a more like um, open uh, place, I guess. So more people can chime in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think uh, it was more of a misunderstanding actually, because apparently it sounded like, I was still not like kind of doubling down on reform and, and on, on marketing, which I, I am like, I think what I tried to say is just product hunters, just at, at yet another thing I'm testing about the product and, mm. and how I feel about it. Um, but I also, I think, um, I, I feel pretty confident that we kind of passed the test <laughs> in terms of, we had a bunch of people, see the product that didn't know about it in in advance and like almost 600 people um since then have signed up for a free account and hmm. so a percentage of them has started a, a credit card upfront trial as well so um i think the only logical thing to do right now is to focus a lot of our energy on marketing and more long-term scalable things and yeah and just to touch a little bit on 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 them on that um mm-hmm product hunt is a really if it goes well on product hunt it's a really good kind of um it's a really good place to start from like a marketing point of view because you get to see a lot of you get a lot of input about what could potentially work um, mm-hmm. like first of all you just you just get a bunch of traffic to your website and see how that uh, converts mm-hmm. you get a lot of people um you know, looking at your positioning and messaging and seeing how it resonates and go through your onboarding and, and get your onboarding emails and stuff like that. But also it it kind of keeps sending you traffic <laughs> for a long time, I think. And and Product Hunt has these um blog posts blog posts that are dynamically generated. Like um for example, there's one for type form alternatives, which hmm. is oh know, if we were nice. focusing on SEO right now, like I would try to get into Typeform alternative uh, blog posts, right? Yeah. And and they have a really well-ranking one for all the different form tools. And if you go to the, the Typeform one, we're like the second or third alternative to Typeform right now. Sweet. So that's great. You know, Residual value. Two right weeks there. <laughs> on, on launching on Product Hunt and doing that, it actually yeah. kickstarts some of that. And you get to see what actually, if it actually has a good chance of working. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm super pumped to start doing more of this. And I think, yeah, because every day I get messages on Twitter, on an email, um, stuff like that uh, from people saying that they love the product, I feel really confident that we should just keep going. Like, don't stop. Don't, we can't like, go into some sort of uh you know let's let's take six months off after this launch and like 
uh, work on the product or something like i think we need to go really hard at at yeah. marketing stuff and i've no been tweeting about marketing almost every day on on twitter as well yeah and um yeah i think that Good. is that is what i'm most excited about right now actually and i i think it's easy for me to feel like the product is very important to quote fix right now because i'm getting so much feedback on it hmm. but i think the main takeaway for me right now should actually be okay people are really interested in this product people have a lot of feelings about it some people really love it some people have feature requests and they can't use it before you have those features but overall that's a really good sign you should probably just keep doing more marketing and just keep getting more people because it is working to some extent yeah um yeah so it's easy to feel like Oh shoot! We have to 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 pause and fix all the stuff that people are saying. But in fact, we should just keep going and keep building up the momentum. I think. Yeah, it. <laughs> this analogy just built in my head as you were talking, but it reminds me of like when you're a parent and you have a you know a child that's obviously showing a lot of promise or is gifted or whatever. There's there's a ton of people that suddenly like they're friends, they're acquaintances, they may be people you meet in the supermarket or whatever, and they just all have opinions about. Yeah how you should raise them, what they're probably going to be when they grow up, how much they remind you of this, that, how successful, how great would it be if they did this? I mean, we've had people like, we're, we have four kids, so we're filling up at the gas station this is a couple of years ago. And this guy who was there just happened to like say something about how, oh, you should get them involved in like golf because, you know, getting a golf scholarship is like such a great thing. My niece did this and blah, blah, blah. And, like just this random opinion from some dude on the street. And it's like, everybody's, everybody sees this rising star this potential this like wonderful new thing and of course what do they do they try to steer it into a bucket or a path that they've already got in their mind that is going to be great for you and some of those people just don't understand your own vision that you have for it and like now the fun part is almost saying yeah you're right actually they could grow up and do that but actually we're going to let them decide or we're thinking about this or we, you know, we know them better than you do, but we appreciate your feedback. And then every once in a while, somebody comes along and says something and you're like, I didn't even know that was a possibility. And like that informs you. So I think it's, um, it's because they see the potential, but then a lot of them will try to shoehorn you into something that is, yeah, it's just the best, they, they, it's the best thing they know. They're like, Oh, this is a, this. And you're like, mm, no, that's, that's not it. But, I, I can see why you said that, you know. The reason you hear from them is because they were somehow, ex, you know, exposed to the thing because something something was working That's and right. something resonated with them. That's right. So it's all positive, but now you just have to, man, the, yeah. amount, of, the amount of stuff you have to ignore. <laughs> this, the same with churn. Like, I, I'm a little worried about our churn right now. Um, and especially because we have a lot of people on annual plans, so we don't really know... I don't really know right now how that is going to work in terms of churn. Um, but at the same time, it's just, it hasn't been my priority to even really look at it. So it's mm -hmm. just more of like a background, you know, concern. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not my priority right now because the thing that I think, I still think the main risk right now is the top of the funnel, which is also why I want to double down on marketing. And and the churn right now is like first of all it's small numbers so it's hard to know but it's also it's it, I mean 
it's 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 telling me that some of the people that signed up weren't the right people mm-hmm. but i i don't think necessarily that's a huge deal right now mm-hmm. for me to fix it's like right as long as some people are like right now as long as some people are happy really excited about it use it all the time talk about it and we can keep getting more and more people to sign up for it i think that's that's my main kind of what I, I try to focus on right now even though it's difficult I, I think it makes sense because you i've said this before it keeps coming back to my own mind of like summit and everything else we have to do in these very large markets any percentage of people in them is enough to be, build a viable software business i'm not saying a unicorn yeah. but like a viable business that supports a small team and so once you find that and you're happy with that group and and with the size of it focusing on that really means again going going to market it's like how do i line up those how do i pull those people to the front of the line and have yeah. them be the next people that use this tool and just figure right. out what they have in common and double down on what they love i think that makes sense because forms forms has got to be one of the biggest markets <laughs> on the internet um so whoever these people are there's there's got to be tens of thousands of them is my guess so yeah yeah i agree well cool man cool i have to run now yep me too great to find out how you're doing (laughs) great to get to share how i was doing (laughs) all right careful what you ask all right have a great rest of your day (laughs) see you man talk later bye bye